to the Boxing Rant Podcast. Leave your kid gloves at home. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. My defense is impregnable. What up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 305 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. I'm Kenny Keith, and I'm joined, as always, by Vince Cummings. What up, Vin? What's going on, brother? It only took 305 episodes, but we have reached the point in the sport of boxing where all that matters is who's getting that bag, son. (laughs) I swear, man, as soon as the PBC's war chest runs out and Eddie Hearn gets his billion dollars, now Triller's stepping up, just buying up all the good fights so they can decorate them fucking, uh, you know, the gimmick fights along the way. It's just... That I think that to me is the funniest part of this entire story. That there's a lot to unpack, but uh, the purse bid that was Tiafimo Lopez and the players that be top ranked matchroom and is it Triller or Trilla or Thrilla? <laughs> like how do you how do you say it? I say Trilla. 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 Don't be whitening it up with that Triller. No, no, there's no, there's no hard ER. It's a uh <laughs> at the end, son. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So we'll get to uh, that and the celebration of Tiafimo Lopez getting a career high payday. <laughs> we'll talk about how everybody is getting their share, how much everybody's getting and how they're going to spend that new money. Do <laughs> <laughs> you swear it's like a stimulus package went out this week, man? Yeah, Exactly. Uh, exactly. Um, and of course the main event, Canelo Alvarez and Avni yield Durham squared off last night from Miami, Anthony Durrell and Kyron Davis, Joseph Parker, Jr. Fa and, uh, and the drama and the drama. So we'll get to all of that. Uh, we appreciate all of you subscribing to the boxing rant podcast. If you have not already, uh, go get it, download the episode anywhere. An audio podcast is available and subscribe to the video version on the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. Drop by the website, theboxingrant.com, and follow us on Twitter, at VinceCummings81, and at the Boxing Rant. Then it was Dazen back in action, joined Powers with Matchroom, and put on a spectacular global display. Um, you know, basically Matchroom uh, coming over here and putting on one of their shows. I t- you know, I, I yearned for... Uh, a different vibe, a different atmosphere um, to hear the crowd. And it was so fucking dark in that big ass football stadium. I couldn't even tell if anybody <laughs> was there. <laughs> I mean, are my eyes getting bad or did you notice the same thing? I, I noticed the same thing. I mean, you could hear like the crowd noise. All right. You know, you had that effect going for you. You had that Jay Balvin intro. I was like, who's the only reason I know this guy is because He's got a meal at McDonald's that I've seen commercials advertised for. I the have- only a hey, hey, the only way I know who that guy is is because that song that he sang during the walkout last night is in the movie Trolls World Tour that I watch with my four year old son. You probably watch it five times a day too. He's in you? it. He plays one one of the reggaeton trolls. <laughs> Jesus Christ! See, um, I, I just it was. I mean, look, man, the spectacle was cool. I'm glad fights are back like that. Like, it's good to know. I think twenty five thousand people were there. I, at least that was the capacity. I don't know if they reached that much. 
it's good to see. I saw fighters taking pictures outside the rings and they didn't have fucking no mask on Ken. Oh my God. Like it had this feel of like, okay, we're starting to get back there. Like starting to get back to normal. I like, I, I think Miami's a great uh, fight town to kind of try and revitalize. If that's what the, the plan is moving forward. Like if, if that's going to be kind of a, a hub for fights, I think it's a great place. I think that, that stadium's a great place for stadium fights. You can do it year round there. So I, I'm all for like that location becoming a, you know, Miami becoming a fight town. But uh, outside of the spectacle of all that, uh, what happened in the ring last night, boy, that was just a uh, a destruction job. That was like a, a wrecking ball came in just to take something out real quick. And that's what I wanted to see and expected it. But Avni Yildirim. Sir, do you do you care to give any kind of effort at all? Throw any punch with any meaning? Take any chance? Like this was just, you know, I, you knew what it was going in, but goddamn, was that bad? Oh, dude, <laughs> Abney Yildirim did the worst acting job I've ever seen in my entire life. It's like, come on, man, you got to at least try to sell it. You got to at least try to sell it. I mean. I don't know what he was doing if just the entire lead up to this event, knowing that he was taking home two and a half milli and he didn't have to do anything except get knocked out. I think he was counting his fucking ends, man. You know, and, and then uh, I'm surprised the fanagers didn't jump on this opportunity to help him count it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. It's 2.5 million. Name another fighter in boxing this year that's going to make 2.5 million. <laughs> There's probably only going to be three or four of them that do, you know? <laughs> yep. So good for Abney Yildirim, but dude, what a pathetic display! Like, what a he didn't he didn't even try to go out with a fight. Look, me personally, like like my old fat ass. If I got in the ring with Canelo right now, right, and I was getting two point five million to get knocked out, I'm gonna try to hit the motherfucker. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. If I'm gonna get pieced up, let me at least try to get mine in. You know, I like. That's the thing that blew my mind about this. Everybody was saying coming into this fight, they're like, oh, you're hating on Canelo. We're like, what do you care? He's fighting this mandatory. It's that, that doesn't, none of this has, like, this animus has really anything to do with Canelo. No. Like, like, none of it at all. It more has to do with how did Abney Yildirim remain the mandatory by the WBC to get this fight, right? Like, his last fight he lost and his last fight was two years ago. And the guy gets a $2.5 million reward for that. Like that completely, that has to be the most just, that must've deflated the hopes and dreams of any up and comer that thought one day they would get the fight. Canelo Alvarez, <laughs> Or maybe it gave him hope. I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know which direction it goes there, but it's like, it's, it, it, it it's not because it's Canelo, right? Like, they're like, oh, you better keep that same energy when Triple G fights his next stiff. It's not about Triple G. It's not about Canelo. No. It's about how, how did this guy get put in this position and then not even, like, have to fight? Like, nobody was like, hey, man. But when you get in there, remember, it's a fight. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's crazy, dude. I, I mean, look, if we're going to get stay busy fights and they're going to be – you know, opponents that we know what the outcome is going to be going in. You have you have got to at least find an opponent who who has a pulse, 
who who gives a fuck, like who has a little self respect and is going to at least try. Yeah, try. Like, give me J- give me a fucking James Kirkland performance. Like, you know, James got the fucking sh- he got his head knocked off, but he at least went after it for yeah. for three or four rounds before that happened. I'm not interested. Like, I get it. Canelo's going to fight four times this year. We're going to get Billy Joe Saunders next. I highly, I mean, look, maybe he goes big at the end of the year. I, I don't know. But I highly doubt he does that and then goes to a plant or or a triple G. So if we're going to get this, like I'm all for the four fight things. And, and, and I was happy to watch Canelo Alvarez do what he does. The guy's, a, he's, he's a fucking wrecking ball, dude. I mean, he's just destructive. Every fucking punch, every, every step, everything is so calculated and, and it's, and it's beautiful to watch, but it's got to be at least against somebody who is going to provide some form of resistance, not just like this was literally a showcase fight that you would see like a, a prospect get like in his seventh or eighth fight and finally make it on the main card as like the third fight down, you know, and he gets to showcase his knockout ability or whatever, whatever that, you know, it's just, you can't in a fight like this with, uh, with a fighter like Canelo Alvarez, you cannot feed him. Avni Yildirim's. They they got it. Like, give me a guy from the UK who's at least dumb enough to go out on his shield. You know what I mean? Like, I I I'm, I, I cannot. Like, I'm not going to sit through another one of these fucking fights. I, I get it. Four fights, cool. I'm 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 there for it. But you got it's got to be somebody worth it, man. Please, please, not a complete stiff. It just kind of like they really went IBF with this mandatory opponent. Yes, know? they did. This is like a total IBF thing. It's like. It, like the first thing that an IBF mandatory makes you say is who? <laughs> how who many va- how many vowels are in his name? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just look, we get it, right? Like you don't do a boxing podcast for as long as we have without like we talked about it. Like you have to swallow a little bit. You know what I mean? Like there's no like you don't just get to wear it. And you know <laughs> like once you've seen behind the curtain. And you see, like, the just the politicking and sort of, like, the Cretan-level, sort of sewer rat-level shit that goes on, <laughs> you know? And the way people treat each other and stuff. It's just, I, you know, it's at least give me the illusion that you're trying to make this look like it's on the up and up. It's It's not even, like, the level of opponent, right? Just show me you're making an effort to to legitimize who this mandatory opponent is so by first let's say the mandatory let's since we're making up rules on the fly right because that's what the sanctioning bodies do let's start and let's all come to an agreement it's not a good look if the mandatory is coming off of a loss that happened two years ago no right so let's disqualify this guy now let's grab a guy that has at least been in a draw right (laughs) (laughs) right it's like um I don't know. That's the part of it to me. And then the and then the and just the shitty effort. What a fucking lack. What a what a uh unappreciative little fucking spoiled brat Yeldirim is. He can't even go out there and fucking say thanks for the two and a half bill. <laughs> <laughs> fucking dick. <laughs> that's a that's a Friday after lunch performance is what that is. I mean, that I was fucking phoned in, dude. What I, a a just absolutely horrible fight card. This is 
one of uh, look again love canelo everything that you said wrecking machine peak of his powers in the in the in the midst of a hot streak of straight up unathletic white dudes um, <laughs> you know like all of that shit is true so dude canelo was uh, you know a beautiful sight to see uh, there, there's no doubt about it but this card overall was hot fucking Eddie Hearn matchroom stank that I don't even know during COVID how he was able to get this in a shipping container on top of a fucking vessel shipped over to the United States to light his bullshit on fire here. You know what I mean? I mean, customs didn't catch his bullshit at the gate. (laughs) I mean, seriously, was this not a fucking matchroom hype job? This is a, this is the weekly pay-per-view that UK fight fans have had to endure and purchase. Oh, yeah. This is like peak 2017 Matchroom UK pay-per-view, like 12 pay-per-views, 16 pay-per-views in a fucking year. Like this was this was this is this was a peak Eddie Hearn card. There's just like and I get it, you know, his co-main fell apart with with Martinez getting hurt. But was that really I mean, that was a decent fight. Like it was going to have an entertainment quality to it as far as guys going at it. But if you're going to have a card like that, where you're gonna we're gonna get Canelo in a in a tune up fight, the co main has got to be solid, man. You got to have a couple solid fights on that card to to provide some value for the for the boxing fan viewer because there were just there was nothing, and I mean there's no reason like other than me having money on that fight, I I, I probably wouldn't have watched it had I didn't have money on it. It's it's just when the outcome of the main event is is foregone. You got to give us something, man. Don't fucking don't load the card with nonsense and just be like, well, you know, uh, we're in Miami. Uh, there's going to be fight fans here. Canelo's here. It's going to be a great atmosphere. Boxing's back. Blah, blah, blah. You are so fucking ungrateful, then. Yeah, I know. I should as a boxing fan, I, I should be used to accepting what I get and being happy with it. You're right. Well, I mean, dude, you did get like you're complaining about like all that stuff you didn't get like. Why aren't you on here thanking Eddie Hearn for Akin Barak and Ryan Garcia being the co-hosts of this fucking event? You know what I mean? Like you should be thankful for that. That is like that is some cultural swag that 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 you you sir and your recessive gene are. <laughs> like, this was a gift to you to help sort of like be like that missing piece to the puzzle to put your shit back together again. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, sure. So. so <laughs> You know what I was getting a kick out of, though, was how, like, like fucking Ryan Garcia's got fucking ants in his pants, like, all the time, dude. He can't sit still for a fucking second. He acts like... He, he he acts like my four year old in public. It's like sit still. Like you know, you take him to fucking dinner. Like you're out <laughs> out to a fancy dinner up at the fucking Longhorn, right? <laughs> and that little fucker won't sit down. You're like motherfucker, sit down. Can't stand up in the booth. <laughs> oh, Ryan Garcia just he just reminded me of a little kid. So I don't know, man. The zone. I think Grisham is honestly the only thing that DAZN has done well. I could listen. Grisham should be, he should call every fight because he's got just enough of a dry sense of humor that he injects into a really good solid call, you know, as it is. Right. But, but dude, the fucking sidekicks and the sideshows, you want me to take this fucking seriously when you're using the Jake Paul announcing crew? 
for the for a Canelo Alvarez fight. It's like, what is going on here, man? Like seriously, this it it it, it all none of it makes sense right now. Okay, it's all really confusing. You'll punch yourself in the dick. But I promise you, all of this chaos and confusion, it's inevitably leading to a celebrity deathmatch series. So one day we'll actually get something that's really fucking fun to watch. But we're going to have to we're kind of going through that like like prepubescent transition at the zone right now. Right. MTV was calling the shots in the 90s. They had it. They had it. That fucking show, Fucking Carson Daly. (laughs) I swear Chris Mannix is like fucking absorbed Carson Daly's essence. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. I don't know what was worse, the announce team or fucking uh, Hearn trying to pull off the Miami look with his all-white fucking outfit. (laughs) Fucking... 41 year old man wearing pajamas that is that his favorite now his new favorite fighter uh eddie's gonna learn spanish because of canelo and canelo's gonna learn english because of eddie <laughs> it's a burgeoning fucking love affair ken oh man only a brit would come to miami and think you're supposed to dress like you're going to south africa you know <laughs> it's what he did look like <laughs> it's not a fucking safari eddie it's the beach all right <laughs> Do you think there's fucking like, like pre Jack jizz stains in those fucking in those jammy pants? <laughs> <laughs> From all like you remember when like back in the day we used to get all fucking <laughs> all fucking tuned up and rock sweatpants to the strip club. Oh my god! <laughs> Just so you could rub your little chub on a fucking dirty ass stripper. <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> Eddie was getting lap dances in them silk jammies. <laughs> going out in the parking lot, snorting coke off the top of cars and going right back in in your sweatpants, buddy. <laughs> and Canelo's in his little in his little panda jammies that he has. <laughs> oh man, I swear I was I was really disappointed though after all this fucking pajama talk. In the lead up to this fight, that we didn't get a fucking a proper elephant walk for Canelo. <laughs> it's coming, it's oh, coming, buddy. Don't worry. Be whistling and swinging. <laughs> oh man! I mean, when you get a spectacle last night, I mean, how can you have a serious conversation about what happened, what took place there? <laughs> uh, it, it was bad, man. It was the whole thing was bad. The only. The only thing out of that that I feel good about is the fact that Canelo Alvarez is really fucking good. Um, and I'm looking forward to the Saunders fight. You know, I, I'll, I'll be completely honest. We knew this was coming. Eddie was so excited to get in there and be able to finally fucking announce it or whatever. And Billy Joe Saunders responds to the announcement by walking out on his back patio wearing an apron with the fucking <laughs> a painting of abs and pecs and a big old giant dong hanging off of it. <laughs> In typical fucking Billy Joe Saunders fashion. It's the only redeemable quality about this guy is that he's the white Adrian Broner. This this is the guy, Ken. <laughs> this is the guy to do it. Clearly taking taking his career and himself serious enough to knock off the world's most serious fighter it's this guy the slick southpaw with the grilling outfit with a big dick hanging from it ken (laughs) hey never underestimate 
a dick swinging gypsy in a fight, in a fist fight, especially an undefeated one. He might get them. Oh, you know, he might get them egg weights too, son. You never know. <sighs> Do you think one of the biggest problems that boxing fans have is that they can't, like, they can't like separate or or maybe even delineate like where like somebody's prime is and like where they're like getting old and then they're falling off and then they've been pushed over the cliff. I mean, I know that that's like boxing speak, but there is a progression to this game, right? Yes. And boxing fans love to conflate their favorite fighters prime uh, as being like, they're going to get that performance again. The inactivity, just the, like you said, like this guy, like, this isn't the guy. He just doesn't take it seriously enough. Yeah, do I give him a fighting chance? Yeah. I, I Look, I've never said anything about Billy Joe Saunders not being a talented fighter. You know, I think that he's as good a boxer as there is in the world between 160 and 168 pounds. I 100% believe that, but I think he's got fucking mush between his ears. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, there's nothing has said to me. Like, when I look at Canelo Alvarez, you said it then. When I look at Canelo, I think of dedication, hard work, constantly honing his craft, never settling for for less, like the ultimate achiever. You know what I mean? A guy that's just going to be successful because he can't have it any other way. Yes. So Billy Joe Saunders, the opposite of that. <laughs> I mean, talent department, uh, there there is no doubt in my mind that Billy Joe Saunders talent-wise, is absolutely in the same category as Canelo Alvarez. I I, I believe that. Do you believe that? Talent-wise. I, I believe he – here's what I believe Canelo uh, – uh, Billy Joe Saunders is talented enough to do. He's talented enough to stink a fight out and last 12 rounds with Canelo Alvarez, maybe winning a round or two along the way with but a I'm jab. Not, but I'm just asking – I'm not talking about all his fucking turd and like flies <laughs> swimming around his dreadlocks on his pubes. Like I'm not talking about the the the, the Saunders that we know. Right. Strip it, strip it away. Take him away and take Canelo's ginger ass away and just the fundamentals. We know Canelo wouldn't be as good as he is if he wasn't as dedicated and serious and a hard worker as he is. Right. So say he's not a hard worker. Say he's just prototype A and prototype B. I think these guys are in the same exact fucking category. But then there's this thing, and it's called life. <laughs> and so life begins to mold you. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. So th that's all I'm saying. I think that he is talented. But he's a fucking jack-off. Yeah. He's not the guy. This isn't the guy to do it. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, As much as there's certain people that want to give him a chance in this fight, He's got about as much of a chance of winning this fight as I do of fucking, you know, being able to bang the hottest Instagram fucking model that's out right now. It's just not going to fucking happen. All right. It's just not. It's a non-starter. Okay. This isn't Avni Yildirim, but the conclusion's foregone here. I, I'm, I'm sorry. He's either going to get stopped late or it's going to go 12 and not be close. Yeah. I, I don't think that Billy Joe Saunders can do it it's like it's like the people who say oh can can adrian broner turn it around at this point no have you seen the guys look have you seen the look in that guy's face like no like this is a different a different person now like this yes. person has has just because of life and the way that they live it he's not capable of being that anymore so 
I think there was a time. I think that if, if Canelo and Billy Joe Saunders would have met at 160 pounds five years ago, I think it's a 50-50 fight. Really? Is, it, absolutely. I think this is a completely different set of circumstances. Completely different set of circumstances. These guys aren't even... It's like at that point that I'm talking about, they both were standing side by side at a fork in the road and one went left and the other went right. I, yeah, I, 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 I truly believe that. But, dude, he's horrible now. Have you seen? He's not even like remotely the same boxer. He's not slick anymore. When was the last time you saw a, a, a Saunders performance where he was slick? The Lemieux fight? Oh, it's real hard to be slick against David Lemieux. Like, I mean, he fought nobodies and went like got into these like 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 fat sloppy guy fights where they're leaning on each other and fucking huffing and puffing. That ain't the same guy, Vin. That ain't the same guy that was boxing back in the day. You know what I mean? It's just it's not. Billy Joe Saunders is going to be blowing out of his ass by the fourth or fifth round in this fight. Absolutely. He's he's never he's never been in a fight where he's going to have to be thinking the entire time and everything that he does, the guy that he's staring across the ring at is going to have a fucking answer for everything. So the, I, I don't care who you are or whoever Billy Joe Saunders fans are out there that think he has a chance. I don't want to piss on your fucking parade here, but he has zero fucking chance. None. Zero. This this fight is I'm going to watch only because I'm kind of interested in seeing Billy Joe Saunders get destroyed as a fighter <laughs> and the myth of his career coming to an end. Like this guy's a clown. And he's very rarely is he even funny. Like, I get it. The thing that he did this morning on Instagram, it was kind of funny. Yeah, you know, I laughed a little bit. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, look at that dick. He's fucking scratching it and flopping it around. That's funny. Ha, 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 ha. But he's at, there's nothing else. Like, this guy's got nothing. Yeah, I, I just, he, 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 he didn't even use that prop, like, to its fullest. Like, I would have ran out and said, thank you, Canelo, and started <laughs> swinging that thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just shaking it. <laughs> Grab that thing. Shake your dick at him a little bit, motherfucker. You know, do something. It was almost like he was nervous to show how small his testicles were compared to the, the how small the taters were compared to the, the tube steak. You know? I'm just trying to figure out how his, how his beans got above his frank. This <laughs> Canelo fight's got him all worked up, man. He's nervous. <laughs> a little tight. Um, yeah, look... I, I get it. You think that Billy Joe Saunders is more of a fraud, and I think that he's more of a potential unfulfilled, like a more of a like the fucking guy in high school that was a stud football player, but he turned out to be the biggest loser out of that, you know, out of that group, you know. Right. That's how I view Billy Joe Saunders more. But either way, no matter how it is or how he got to where he is today, um, where he is today is going to get him knocked out. And, you know, and I think it'll I, and, and it's not to say because I don't think he has a, a strong enough chin, but I think it speaks to what you said. I, I imagine he's just going to be gassed and he's just he's going to get stopped because he's tired. Yep. You know, yeah, I, he's either not going to get off his stool or he's going to go down to a knee and be like, that'll be about enough. Thank you. I'll take my check, please. Let's get away from Canelo. Do you have anything else on him? Nah, let's, let's move on. All right. Anthony Durrell versus Kyron Davis. Take it away, then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I'm sorry. I uh, did not have any time or interest in this. And I don't think Fox did either. But how was the fight? 
Uh, it wasn't bad. I mean, it wasn't a terrible fight. Kyron Davis put up a nice little scrap. Uh, Anthony Durrell, you know, he is who he is as a fighter. He's vulnerable enough against everybody. So it was a decent little scrap. But like you, I would not have watched had I not had a parlay that involved Davis in it. I mean, I, look, this this fight was a, it was a waste of everybody's time. Uh, it leads to nothing. Uh, what? So Anthony Durrell and David Benavidez going to fight again? Cool. Awesome. Can't wait. Can't fucking wait. So Anthony Anthony Durrell beats Avni Yildirim, and he gets Kyron Davis. <laughs> Avni Yildirim loses to Anthony Durrell. He gets Canelo Alvarez. <laughs> Only Why in boxing. Why didn't they just make Durrell the mandatory? <laughs> Only you know? in boxing, baby. Only in boxing. Why did they not make Durrell the mandatory? Because Durrell can make just as much money fighting against Kyron Davis as he would have gotten paid by Canelo probably. Close to it, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you who's made uh, – Anthony Durrell's made a nice uh, chunk of cash in his career. Got, got to give him credit for, you know, I mean, in my opinion anyways, he's just – you know, he's a guy. He, he, he got the most out of his talents. So I'll put it like that. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out where his brother's at and why he retired. Yeah. Dude, his he, brother – I I, I don't, I'm pretty sure he's done. Yeah, I don't think he's fought. I, I don't remember seeing him on a card. But, man, talk about – all the talent in the world. He was the better of the Durrell brothers by a long shot, in my opinion, and had an insane level of boxing ability. And in that Super Six, I could have swore he was gonna. It was gonna be him and Andre Ward in the final. And uh, Carl Frotch kind of changed that up on him a little bit, and uh, might might have changed his career a little bit. To be honest with you, he was salty after that loss. He took a little bit of a beating. It changed him a little bit as a fighter. He got less aggressive, and then his career just after that was just straight downhill. Yeah, you you could see it in his entire his entire like demeanor, his entire attitude. Like it, it started to deteriorate in that Frotch fight, and Frotch fought a very dirty fight, and Andre Durrell got so like outwardly emotional and and bothered by what he felt was like basically a mugging in a fight that he felt that he was winning and a lot and a lot of people did have Durrell winning but Frotch you know he fucking gave him the business that day and um yeah you could just see it it just fucking bothered him and then he never ever stopped crying about it so you know some people are are uh longer for the game than others I guess Ben he ain't built for it apparently Ken no, but he was damn talented, though. There's no he doubt was. about that. Um, Joseph Parker and Junior Fa, the battle to settle the beef, uh, the uh, the seventh grade beef, because Junior Fa <laughs> fingered Joseph Parker's girlfriend <laughs> behind the bleachers. <laughs> well... I didn't watch it, but apparently it was a uh, an interesting wrestling match, Ken. It was a fingering of sorts. <laughs> <laughs> Who won the fight, Ben? <laughs> Let's cover her fight. We don't even know what happened. I was more uh I was more uh interested in the uh the Amber Wright fight that Ebony Bridges was at. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was on the same card. Who knows? Oh my god. Did 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 Joseph win? Joseph did win, apparently, in a fight that uh, some people thought he didn't win. So that's how bad Joseph Parker looked. Yeah, I think Joseph Parker's made some cash, and I, he seems to be checked out. 
he, uh, he on he, he on that Roth four <laughs> 401k plan. He needed to change uh, teams about three four years ago and decided not to. So he he's stuck in neutral and he ain't going nowhere. No, and I just don't think he has the I don't think he has the like the temperament for it, man. He just seems like a a pretty. He should get into like sitcoms or something. <laughs> right? Start a start a YouTube channel, Joe. Do do something else. All right, let's get to news and notes and let's get out of here. Tiafima Lopez versus George Cambosis. The purse bid heard round the world. It was a threesome, a menage a trois, Triller, Top Rank, and Matchroom uh, boxing involved. But I tell you what, Top Rank, Top Rank, they got did dirty here, Vin. They got stabbed in the back. You know, they went ahead and moved Taylor Ramirez off of the date for Canelo. It's like Triller, Matchroom, and Top Rank ain't got nothing to do with moving their fight around a Canelo fight. Canelo plants his flag, <laughs> and everybody moves accordingly. Plus, yes. um, there were leaks. This thing got nasty really fast, but I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll just give my two cents, and I'll toss it to you. The one thing that really left a foul taste in my mouth out of all of this, and people are going to say, oh, Kenny, stop hating on Tiafimo. It's not Tiafimo the fighter or his toughness or who he's fought. That's not the problem. The problem I have with this entire thing was, as soon as Triller wins the purse bid, the first tweet sent out by Tiafimo Lopez is a picture of him with all of his belts, Triller behind him, and then 6.2 million written in it. Like he had just won the fucking wheel of fortune or something, you know? <laughs> and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, whoa, pump the brakes. How many times has somebody made a bid on a purse and then backed out because they realized, oh, we don't have that anymore. We don't have that money anymore. <laughs> I mean, it was as if it was direct deposited to his account. I mean, before he sent that out, did he realize that, fucking at least 40 percent pre-tax is getting shipped to all parties involved it's it, i just i found it fun, like to me the funniest part about it was like the celebration by boxing fans for him getting like i get being happy for a guy getting money like i'm happy for him but i'm also not like when i saw that my my reaction wasn't like yeah 6.2 million i knew he was worth that much yes <laughs> Show top, show top rank. It's like, who gives a fuck? Like, I had a conversation with somebody on Twitter, and it circled back to, and he his one of his final statements was, was like, yeah, well, I don't order pay-per-views that I don't deem worthy. So and I'm like, well, that's kind of what top rank did here. This is a fight that they don't deem worthy spending a bunch of money on, so that's why they bid what they bid. It's not like... And I get it. Like the top rank, what top rank did sending the zone an email asking them not to bid on the fight. That's, that's, first of all, it's kind of counterintuitive because you're like, you're making money off Triller. You would, you're going to make money off the zone too. Why, why steal money from your fighter and in turn take money away from yourselves? I, it didn't make much sense to me. I don't know what the, the motives were behind it, but that's straight up garbage. Like, uh, from a business ethics standpoint, that's fucking that's nonsense. And if and if you're Tiafimo Lopez, you have every fucking right to say, "Cut me out of my contract." You guys are fucking snakes. I get all that. I understand all that one hundred percent. And I and I I take Tiafimo's side in that argument. Uh -huh. But but this reaction 
from a boxing fan perspective to be happy about this. I get being happy. He got the money, but okay. Now, after you've done, you've celebrated the kid getting that bag. You've celebrated that now, right? Let's look at the reality of the situation. What is going to happen here? Are, am I now going to have to pay to watch Tiafimo Lopez fight George Cambosis? Are you telling me I'm, I'm going to have to fork out $50? Because everybody kept saying, oh, it's going to be on the undercard of, of Paul Askren. I don't think so. It's going to be on the undercard of Tyson Holyfield. I, I don't think it's going to be on that either. If you're Triller and you make a $6 million investment and you're trying to jump into the boxing game, wouldn't you like to be able to gauge whether your investment was worth it? Wouldn't this be have to be a standalone type of Tiafimo Lopez, George Cambosis headlining a card so you can like crunch the numbers and figure out, oh shit, we lost our ass on this motherfucker? Because that's probably what's going to happen. Because I don't know anybody like Tiafimo Lopez is an up and coming star, and him and his father went out and I. You know damn well they went through back channels. They contacted Triller, and Tiafimo Sr. sold his son to them, and good for him for doing that. He got his son paid. I give him credit for it. But at the end of the day, if Triller's not going to make any money off of this uh, off of this deal, this is not going to be something you can expect moving forward. So for, for me, this fight at the end of the day has got to be a standalone, which means I'm paying... $50, which is what Triller charges, what they've charged so far with one production. I'm not paying a fucking red cent for this fucking fight. This fight is like Cambosis is a solid fringe top 10 guy at 135 pounds. He's a live enough dog to make it interesting. And he'll probably he's he, he's live enough to fight hard and walk into a right hand and get knocked out at some point. You know, I, this isn't. Like when I, when this situation came down, I don't give a fuck about the money. The money is what it is. The only pocket I'm watching is my own motherfucking pocket. And if you're going to be reaching into it because of this deal, then fuck this deal. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the perspective I speak from. Mm -hmm. I don't, Tiafimo's going to get what he gets. Like all this, that, this, the, the, the money conversation in this sport and everybody getting excited about it. And I really can't stand when people come back with the argument like, well, I mean, we talk about money in all sports. It's, it's, all, it's discussed across the board in every sport. I have never once in my life, Ken, have, have, have me and you ever had a conversation about any athlete's contract outside of like, holy fuck, do you see how much money he got? Did you see that guarantee on that contract? Holy shit, what a f and that's it. The conversation ends there. There's no celebration. Like when Carson Wentz got a four year, $134 million contract, I didn't throw a fucking party. No, like, you went online and checked what the Eagles' salary cap situation was. Right. Can we afford this? And who else are we going to be able to get? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it, yeah, it's I do. It, people like try to conflate those things and like, no, it, it, it's a completely different ball game in boxing when it comes to a side B side and financial discussions in the sport. It's, it's obnoxious. And this week just fucking shined a light on all of that. And really for me shined a light on like what boxing fans seem to fucking care about these days, especially the younger generation. If I may be old, angry white man for a minute, Ken. 
<laughs> I'm I'm just wondering if Tiafimo Lopez realizes that two million of that has to go to Cambosis. <laughs> he don't get he didn't get the whole six million. <laughs> no. I mean he's probably he'll be lucky to walk away with uh one and a half when it's all said and done, maybe two. Yeah. Um again, as a as a boxing fan and somebody that 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 pays for premium boxing, this isn't premium boxing. This would be a fight that if I missed it, I would be like, oh, man, that man, no big deal. I'll watch some highlights. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this isn't this matchup is horrible. And that's the thing that is so short. You know, look, let's stop sugarcoating it. Everybody wants to pump rainbows up fighters asses all the time. Boxers are some of the most short sighted people there are and people in general across the board. It doesn't matter if it's sports or just in life. There's some people that will never be able to do the math on it because they think that their perspective on the situation, their value is rooted off of how good they think they are and not rooted off of the open market deciding where they want to put their money. Like, so this, this business model cannot work out. Okay. So this is why, in my opinion, I would take the other side of this and say, this is exactly why it's going to be on the undercard of Tyson Holyfield. Because without that big ticket item on this, Teofimo Lopez still is unknown. That's one thing that boxers forget. They think they win a title and it automatically gets them the visibility of a Floyd Mayweather or Manny Pacquiao or Canelo Alvarez or an Anthony Joshua. Like, sorry, man, you got the same bling that they do, but people don't really give a fuck about watching you, you know? And Teofimo Lopez, yeah. Comey stepped up, won, spark, boom, took on the big bad monster, Lomachenko, unified the titles. In my opinion, he's undisputed. Joined pound-for-pound conversations. All of that is the truth. But still, nobody fucking knows who Tiafimo Lopez is. And .0001% of the people that watched his fucking 15 minutes of fame the day after the Lomachenko fight on ESPN, they don't fucking care. They don't fucking remember. You know what I mean? So I, I hate to be so fucking like Debbie Downer about this, but this is the reality that nobody fails to see. The reality in my bubble that I operate in is that I pay for premium boxing. So this isn't about fanboy and Tiafimo Lopez. I, I'm 100% on board with you then, regardless of uh, who, if they shove this fight up another fight cards ass or they have it as a one-off by itself doesn't matter and it, it, that shit don't fly in ken's house Nah, you ain't, who, who's paying for that and and all and that's the funny part about it to me at the end of the day is the funniest part about it is all these people that are celebrating him getting this money shut the fuck up you ain't buying that fucking pay-per-view you streaming that motherfucker so you're not even supporting him you're not even you're not even contributing to him being able to get another bag down the line, player. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, stop with the fucking bullshit, man. Like, give me a fucking break, dude. I mean, how how fucking petty and pathetic are you as a human being? It's bad enough to be a celebrity worshiper, right? It's bad enough to pocket watch and be like one of these TMZ ears that follows every step of what fucking Kim Kardashian's doing, right? That's bad enough, man. Like, that's pathetic enough. 
But then think about doing that to a boxer that nobody even fucking knows who you're talking about. <laughs> now you look like a crazy person. They're like, what? Who the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> yeah, you know, like that takes it to like a, like a, a depth that is just, I don't even know. Like it, you can't even drill that far into the earth's core. You know, <laughs> I, I've hit some lows in life. I ain't never been that low. Yeah. Who are you fucking bragging on? <laughs> <laughs> what Theo Theo Huxtable? Like what are you talking about? Like uh, six million dollars? Like okay, six million dollars is like I get these it. These guys are no more known than we are, Vin. I, I you know what I mean. That's pretty bad. I'm not, but I'm just saying. <laughs> Everybody gets their moment. Everybody gets that shine. You know what I mean? I mean, do you think that there are people around? that still remember the interview I gave when I was 17 years old after winning a baseball championship to the local news? Nope. You think people are holding on to that being like, Oh, I remember that time that that happened. And wow. What a memorable moment in history from a fucking amazing person. No, <laughs> no, no. It's almost like it never happened. Yeah. That's uh, as soon. Like I, I feel like uh, the, the quicker that like a boxing fan understands this simple statement when talking about the sport of boxing, no one cares. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> you care. And the other group of idiots that we converse with on boxing Twitter and wherever else you talk about boxing, they care. But it does not matter in the real world to anybody whatsoever. That should be the, the, the moniker for this sport, boxing. No one cares. <laughs> oh, you know it's bad when more people care about what Coach Larry's eating for breakfast than care about boxing. Right? <laughs> a, probably... degener a degenerate boxing fan <laughs> gets more gets more shine. Oh, just oh, look wow. at the look at the characters the sport attracts, Ken. It's I know. It takes uh -huh. a special takes a special human being, and here's two of them that have created a podcast and have been doing it for six six fucking years now. Yeah, I mean, dude, I like Star Wars conventions and circuses. <laughs> right? That's not it's, weird. No, it's not weird at all. Fucking girls love that stuff. Like, <laughs> it's like if there was a piece of paper, like you're trying to meet friends, and it was like Kenny <laughs> Keith, he likes Star Wars and circuses. I'd be like. Fucking get out of here. Star Wars, Star Wars, circuses, and boxing. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> I need to hitch my wagon to that guy. Oh, man, what a disaster. <sighs> I think that's the part that people lose sight of. The people that have listened to our show the longest, I think they get it by now. But we're just as fucking dumb as you all are. So just, yeah. you know what I mean? That's why I always say, like, if you ever hear me fucking talking shit about fat people or fucking rednecks, look, man, I consider myself to be an, an, an expert on both subjects, seeing how my lineage is 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 deeply rooted in, red, in West Virginia rednecks, <laughs> right? And um, I am in a very dangerous COVID category. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not being, I'm, I'm not trying to insult anybody. No. I'm here right with you, man. Them yeah. too. We we don't, uh, here's one thing we don't do on this show is we don't take ourselves serious at all. 
No, and neither does Abney Yildirim, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, my God, on that note. Yes, um, it's time to go. So we appreciate all of you tuning in to episode 305 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show anywhere an audio podcast is available, Apple, Spotify, uh, anywhere, leave a review if you uh, if you feel like it. And um, drop by the website, theboxingrant.com. Subscribe to the video version of this podcast on the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. Check us out in all of our uh, in all of our glory and um, and follow us on Twitter at Vince Cummings eighty one and at the Boxing Rant. So Vin, I guess we'll come back next week, right? We have to preview the return of the king, Chocolatito. Oh, uh, and we're gonna review the all women's pay per view card, correct? What? What are you talking about? There's an all women's pay per view card this Saturday, Ken. Um. I think that that is out of our wheelhouse, Vin. I think there are other boxing talking heads that know much more about that. And I'll sit back and I will learn from the experts. I will not learn from anyone. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let you tell me about it. (laughs) Nah, I think I'm actually going to pass. I got some other things going on. (laughs) Oh, do Um, you? Yes, I do. I need to, uh, I need to go ahead and get, get going on my, uh, on my chocolatito film watching i want uh i want all those chafed layers to be fully recovered by the time of the fight <laughs> smart man <laughs> nothing worse than grabbing on to that diamond cutter when she's got a few strawberries on her <laughs> <laughs> all right anyways back to it i think we were saying goodbye right yeah thanks for tuning in folks <laughs> We'll see you next time on the Boxing Rant Podcast. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion that's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can.